You're the bee in my bonnet. You're the soap in my eye. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to Extra Dirty Please podcast. I'm Julia at Julia Graves on all platforms. I'm Michelle at Michelle Arsenault or Michelle Arsenault on most platforms. Michelle sounds so subdued today, guys. She's I know. I'm on my like fourth glass of wine. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was why. I thought you were just tired, bitch. <laughs> well, I'm tired and I've been drinking wine. I feel like the podcast is going to think I'm, yeah, like a, a booze bag. But <laughs> Michelle's like, I literally only drink on the weekend and Mondays. And <laughs> which is a lie, but Wednesdays. like, you don't. You don't drink like copiously at all. No, like, I don't. Like, I do not. Con- and you don't have an addictive personality. I don't think. Not in well for some things. things. For some things, waves, babe. <laughs> That's okay. We're all <laughs> friends here. Um. Yeah. So I guess like, what have you been up to? It's been it's been a little I, while. I don't even know. I went to a Red Sox game. Take, um, yeah. Her her daddy took her out to the ball game. <laughs> Daddy, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> no, you no, I hot, paid though. for it. Yeah, you did pay for it. I love the, the only hot point dog of shorts. Like the you. hot dog eating champion 1969. Yeah, I was going to say, saying hot dog shorts makes it sound like really unattractive yeah. because yeah. it doesn't no, give the cute. listeners like any idea what they look like. But I promise you, they're really cute. I spent like 70 bucks on them. So you did? Cute. Holy yeah. shit. I didn't know that they were. It- yeah, oh. They're from like an independent artist who like has. Oh, 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 oh. I was gonna say yeah. they vintage. Yeah, no. fun. But I vibes. like the whole point of going to a Red Sox game or any sporting event is like to look hot, drink beers, eat a glizzy, which I didn't What's do. A glizzy, a hot dog. <laughs> oh my god, I don't live in Boston, guys. Damn. No, glizzy oh. is like a. That's is what it a Fenway thing. Say. No, it's like the um, Gen Z. Oh, well, I'm not on TikTok, I guess. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I've, yeah, I was like, I've never heard that before. No, I guess Lizzie. I'm just antiquated. Other than it's that. Nice, I though. I went to a lake the other day, and I saw, Lovely. like, actual trees, and I was like, wow, fuck. I forget how much I miss green shit. When I was in our hometown, we were like, I was like, wow. The stars. Yeah, it was There's fucking pollen. crazy. It was crazy. Trees. We went, yeah. we went swimming. Also, like the lake was like so clean. Like there was like a little bit of pollen on top, like early in the day. But pollen is like okay, like, not ideal, but like that's really not that bad of a thing to have, like in the lake. If if you're like ranking yeah. it against other things, it was like, like the water shit. was like so clear and like mm. so refreshing. It was like a little crisp. And it was just, mm. like, so beautiful, like, driving up. It was crazy that we were only, like, an hour from NYC. Yeah. Um, and we was drove, it and upstate? it was just, like, it was really nice. Yeah, it was upstate. It was, like, into Westchester. Like, I think we're going to go back. It was just, like, a really nice, like, wholesome day. I laid out in the sun. Yeah. You know, ate, like, a really good NYC bagel. Like, Love that. It was a salt bagel and the salt was so intense it like oh. kind of scarred my mouth, but I like liked it. That's everything. <laughs> it was really tasty. Yeah. Honestly, like I'm not a bagel girly, but like 
New York bagels could turn me. Like they're kind of they're they're good. Thick. They're literally good. They're thick yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Never have I ever been so like amenable to a breakfast sandwich until moving <laughs> to New York. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like yeah, they just do something to me. They do. I I support them. But yeah, I went to a lake. It was like a chill. I don't know. COVID's like crazy in New York right now. So if anyone's listening, wear your mask, guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. Be hot and vaccinated and like maybe like Mm -hmm. take it easy for a week so that this can die down so that I can have a really fun pride month. Okay. Yeah. Like take one for the team. Support the gays. Stop being homophobic. (laughs) Um yeah, that's like literally is yeah, COVID is literally being homophobic if it ruins Pride Month. I'm pissed. Yeah, I was literally, I was talking to someone about it. Because Pride last year was so fun. Lexi and I went, we like dumped tequila in snow cones. It was 90 <laughs> degrees, but it was so fucking fun. I like, it was so much fun. And I were celebrating. Yeah, as you should. We yeah, are seeing cupcake in concert oh my god Pride yeah fuck. later later and a dry cupcake yeah i that's gonna be insane like <laughs> i need to i'm roll. like a little afraid of for your lives but like i oh i said that's so weird i'm a little afraid of your for your I, lives but i think it'll be fun you gotta just roll with it it'll be an experience yeah Definitely roll with it be an experience for sure for sure for sure well without further ado I guess we should like get started <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we can like give you guys the content that you actually fucking came here for um like <laughs> we opted today to talk about something that we've thought about mused about talking about for a while um a little obsession well ma- maybe an obsession of mine something that Michelle like partakes in and enjoys but I don't yeah I don't know if she's like as into it as I am I'm not Um, like super deep in there's some that I like yeah I'm not like I'm not crazy crazy yeah I'm not like record I mean I don't have something to tape it on anyway (laughs) and I don't watch anything on cable so I guess I wouldn't need to but I'm like no I just I love it um we're talking about reality tv guys and um if you girlies don't partake you should think about partaking. Uh, <laughs> you should really just like, wow. <laughs> it's something. It is definitely something and it serves so many purposes and can just fulfill so many needs that you didn't even know you had, it's frankly. True. Yeah, Michelle, when did you first, like, what is your, what was your like first impression of reality TV and like, or how was it like talked about, I guess, like growing mm-hmm. up? Like when, where did you first encounter it? I feel like growing up, this was like the cable era so my parents would watch like survivor oh classic um i would watch dancing with the stars i also love i was like a slut for a good dancing show yes and i would like fall in like oh oh, wow you would vote you were dead oh i was voting i was i was not voting (laughs) i was voting for Derek huff no matter what (laughs) because he was handsome honestly him and julianne huff are like with the exception of my two, my two like good friends in New York that are twins, like some of the hottest ones out there, like oh yeah, definitely. Julianne Huff is like she can look good with any hairstyle. She's so versatile. Yeah. 
brown, blonde, short, long, bangs, no bangs. I'm like, wow, you can really just make she it worse. She eats. Yeah. She never stops eating. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever watch American Idol? Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we I... were like elementary schoolers in the age of American Idol. Yeah. We were crazy. pretty young. I feel like that was like the, the height, like the peak of like competition and talent show yeah vibes. like yeah. I know like America's Got Talent and like the X Factor and shit I never watched that. I like never watched that couldn't tell you it, it just didn't I don't know I don't really like like the idea of America's Got Talent being like everything because I'm like sometimes they're just so niche how yeah. do you like what people are doing is so different like how could you possibly say like one is more talented than the other like that's just yeah. crazy to me but yeah I guess we're gonna start out or all start us out by talking about the history of reality tv which was actually quite interesting um i mean if you like peel back the layers of it it kind of has a lot of like sociological implications Mm -hmm. but it was really interesting reading about like the progression of reality tv and like where it's like how it started versus how it's going (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's very interesting. So, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, live variety shows, um, as they were originally thought of, called, started er airing as early as 1948. And this was a lot different than what you would think of, like, today as a reality TV show. This was just, um, I I wanted to say photographers, that's so wrong camera crews were like going out into the streets to interact with real people for programs such as like candid camera which basically filmed people uh live reacting to practical jokes which we definitely have shows like that today and then there's like another really famous one called real people which was running on nbc from 79 to 84 and it's where scholars really like mark the start of like reality television success like this is when it it didn't just hit the stage it like blew the fuck up and it was just literally a short like a series of short documentaries featuring quote-unquote real people never would have guessed (laughs) aren't they all that aren't they all real real people people? come on guys it's reality tv everything you see is a hundred percent truth and like shows that follow that are called that's incredible and america's funniest home videos which oh i loved that i loved america's funniest home videos like Every single Sunday night, I would watch. It was like from seven to eight was America's Funniest Home Videos, and then eight to nine was Extreme Home Makeover uh, Edition. Did you ever watch that? I didn't. Okay. I was more of an HGTV Dream Home girl. And that was like the precursor to that. Like mm. this was like mm-hmm. early two thousands, and there's definitely problems with it because you build these like people massive houses and then they like can't afford the taxes on them no literally fucked up but or to maintain that bus that bus literally oh my god they used to do the craziest shit for like the kids bedrooms and i'm like what happens if they like turn 10 and don't like soccer anymore no literally (laughs) like like identities are not static (laughs) like what if she just doesn't want to play with Barbies anymore? I don't, that is crazy. That was one of my favorites. And, you know, these are all, this genre started out as being like, it's very like candid and they're not focused about like on a single family or like a dating sort of like competition vibe. It's like 
every single episode kind of exists on its own, which is very different from how we tend to think of reality TV today. And I'm going to like splice in another article that talked about the first reality TV show. Um, And the article is called The Surprising Origins of Reality TV by Carter Hathaway. It's in the Washington Post, if you want to read. It's very interesting. And it basically talks about or explains rather that reality TV, like as we kind of know it, was enabled because like in 67, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Public Broadcasting Act, which like created PBS and NPR. And it like paved the way for new kinds of media because it allowed for things to be aired that weren't dependent on like commercial success. Um, Like NPR like doesn't have it's it's funded publicly so it does it's not worried about like saying something that's like gonna scare away sponsors or something like that mm-hmm. and same with pbs like you see a lot of this like really rich like documentary content sort of and they can just kind of like do whatever they want and so in 1973 an american family aired on pbs for the first time and it was 12 episodes and it featured the loud family um which consisted of two parents and three children living in Santa Barbara. And the intention behind this series was the producer, Craig Gilbert, wanted to use this as like an opportunity to like broadcast to America, like a quote unquote real American family and kind of like use it as a way to like break down the nuance and like all these issues that actual families are facing because like everybody's fucked up and has problems. So like over the course of the show, you literally see like the couple, like the couple of parents getting divorced and then they have like, yeah, (laughs) drama. Um, You can imagine that the 1973 public was like aghast. Um, And then for like an extra little flavorful twist, they're, I think they're like oldest I don't know if it was their oldest child but their son Lance Loud was gay and he was basically like I'm literally yes. a homosexual and I'm not gonna like be straight for you and the drama. there was so much drama because in 73 no like nobody had rights um most yeah. of us still don't, but it's okay um yeah, yeah. <laughs> or we're actually getting them taken away um if we ever mm-hmm. sort of had them in the first place yeah, um but an American family, like the timing of it was really perfect because of all the like anxieties that had like come out. Like you had this huge boom of consumerism mm. and like everyone's buying everything. And there's this very specific way that like the American family looks like, like the nuclear, the image of the nuclear family. And then mm. like, you're putting this like massive thing on the screen. That's like, LOL, like this is actually closer to everybody's experience. And you had like, this perfect mix of like boomer parents with like gen x gen y kids that were like growing up in the midst of all this like counterculture stuff Mm. um so it's like extra spicy (laughs) the producer had no idea like what issues like the family was dealing with before so like even the producer like didn't know like this is probably one of the best examples of a reality television show that's like not really tampered with because like Mm -hmm. it had never been done before so the idea that you would like manipulate live footage as a way to like give people like edits wasn't really like conceptualized yet and so like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gilbert was like fuck I like did not know that this couple (laughs) was like ending their marriage 
or like or any or that their son was like gay and that they like weren't vibing with it like yeah I was like oh okay I guess this is what we're doing like which is kind of funny I think when you're um, accidentally revolutionary when you're like when you just like Love literally that. trip and fall into like revolutionary <laughs> media as we know it like the fuck I guess he was like it happens. I, yeah it happens I read somewhere else that he was like the producer that is was like literally like drinking heavily and like he was like having he like this came out of like a time in his life where he was like fuck like I'm a mess and like my career is like not doing well and I need to do something different and like he he did something different he He did he did listen up so I wanted to like go into depth into that just because um it's mentioned in the Encyclopedia Britannica but I thought that it really was like worth mentioning kind of like the origins um, of like the template I guess of reality tv as we know it especially like focusing on the family structure yeah. or, or like the family drama and then like in the early 2000s you have the real world on MTV did you ever watch the real world or see it no I never got to watch it but I know it was like such a thing like it's like mentioned in movies from that time period like that's mm. how much of like a cultural touchstone it was but I guess basically it's like seven young adults that are have never met before that are like selected from like thousands of applicants across the U.S. Um, and they're sent to live in a house together and you just like see what happens because like that sounds like Classic. an amazing idea. Like I love how reality TV is like you don't even have to create a plot. You just like put a ton of bitches together and they just like no, no literally. It's and like, then it's do like something. wow I'm a millionaire. Like that's what? That's literally <laughs> crazy. It's like a Stanford prison experiment but like oh, not. Like, it's wild. <laughs> so that was like a more modern form I guess of like the not all kind of American family but that kind of set the tone for like 2000s reality tv especially um alongside the reality game slash challenge show like you mentioned survivor which Mm -hmm. is still running to this day it started running in 2000 2000 turn of the century and 16 people selected to spend 39 days on an uninhabited island in the South China Sea under camera scrutiny. And then the last one standing like at the end of the competition after people have like been voted off the island or failed challenges or I don't know, escaped horrible things happening to them. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I've never watched Survivor, but basically the winner wins a million dollars. Um, and it by the end of the summer of 2000, this show was the most popular show on television. Like people were fucking they nuts. ate it up they ate it up and it has a cult following like i have yeah. a co-worker shout out naomi um who still watches survivor and like loves it and i just am so intrigued by the dynamic of like having the contestants vote other contestants off that it's is lord like, of the flies lord of the flies <laughs> literally i mean they do stuff like that in love island kind of they'll have like mm-hmm. instances where like they'll be like oh like every couple has to vote on like what couple they think is the least real or something and yeah. then like they go home or something like that which is like intense especially like I guess less so I mean Survivor I feel like it'd be very hard to forget that it's a competition whereas like Love Island is like you're supposed to like pair up with someone and like people yeah. are getting into relationships so like even though you are winning money it's also like I don't know there's like an added element in Survivor, it's just like doggy dog, like literally Lord of the Flies. Well, yeah. 
I um, mean, even like coming from the name and the fact that they're like on a deserted island and everything is up. themed, it's like they're making it very like I don't know, like yeah, kill each like, other to get to the top. It's Hunger Games, but with Love Island, it's like it's we're like on an island and we're drunk in the and we're in love. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck. What do they say? They're like it's survival of the fittest. That's what they say in Love Island because like if you're fit, the fittest. Like, he's so fit like yeah i've actually never watched love island oh my god that's gonna change when we live together michelle <laughs> i like haven't watched all of it because i like binge watched so much of it it's great to paint too i'm not kidding it like mm. love island and anime like literally stimulate my creative brain i love that it's crazy <laughs> i'll like sit down and there's just like insane British dialogue happening and I'm just like I love how these colors are blending on my canvas I love it like no it's so good I'm obsessed and then you like I'll have to try you have to try it we'll have to we'll make it like a thing because I will say (laughs) it's at the beginning it's like kind of it's not hard to get into but there's so much footage that Mm. you really get to know people and sometimes Mm. it's like I feel like you're like, oh, I feel like nothing's happening or whatever. But yeah. it's like, you just have to get into it. Once you're like five episodes in, you're like, I'm invested. I'm fucking yeah. invested. And then they're always bringing new girlies in and like Ugh. getting rid of girlies. Like it's yeah. never like a stagnant group. <laughs> and girlies are like crying, uh, phoning home. Like love that. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that falls into the dating courtship reality show, which uh, kind of started with like The Bachelor in 2000 and definitely obviously has like taken shape in the form of like Love Island and like The Bachelorette and Are You the One and Temptation Island and oh my god fuck what's that it's like Flava Flav um oh my god it's like I, I was talking about it at my old work one time because we were like, there's like some woman from it that's like iconic and got her own reality tv show off of it and she's fucking hilarious if anyone that's listening knows what i'm talking about please email us i will find it um it's fucking so funny like there's so many memes from her from that show and they literally like i guess like brought her back from like the second season or something because like they just like needed her like she had (laughs) such a presence (laughs) which i think is nuts and then there's the, of course, makeover reality TV show. So like, what not to wear? Extreme makeover, oh, queer. I loved guy. what not to wear. Really, I kind of watched it for a little bit, but like, looking back on it through a social, like through like a lens, I'm like, that's really fucked up. Like that's oh, so absolutely. fucked. Well, I was a big TLC head. I, okay, yeah. Did you watch like Say Us so, the Dress? Say Us to the Dress, the little couple. I never uh, watched. Yeah, I don't know. I was a big so I, to the dress girly. Yeah, I think I watched a lot more reality TV when I was like young, which is interesting. Yeah, Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like a lot of people like there's a lot of shows like TLC, for example, that are reality TV that aren't like I feel like when people think of reality TV, they, they automatically think of like keeping up the competition, like or, yeah, no. or like The Bachelor. Mm. And, like, there's a certain view that a lot of people, especially people who do not watch reality TV, have. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of, like, 
oh my god like you're gonna watch that but then it's like you don't care about like say yes to the dress is reality tv but like yeah. you don't find that problematic at all yeah. so what like but basically the initial appeal and intention of reality tv was to feature real people hence the name um but obviously reality tv soon started to have like a really interesting relationship with celebrity like the ability of celebrities to capitalize on this genre of media as a way to like oh like people are so curious about me so this is a way to like broadcast my life and like make money Mm -hmm. off of it because people want to know more about me or on the flip side people becoming celebrities from reality tv which I think is honestly most prevalent now like the reality tv to influencer pipeline insane is insane a lot but it's also like it's strange and I might talk about this later but in order to like enter the reality tv world Mm -hmm. you kind of already need to have some kind of standing oh yeah socially so it's like how real is it because oh no it's not there are already kind of influencers they're already like popular people yeah yeah and then they just like get a ton of it's like from it yeah taking all the then they took like fucking 15 year olds from tiktok and like put them in a house together and i'm like where are your parents yeah like who who thought that was a good idea I watch um, that every day at my job. Fifteen-year-olds in the yeah, same it's room. It's not that interesting. Guys. No, trust me. Not groundbreaking. Oh my god! Wait, you teach fifteen-year-olds? Well, no, they're fourteen. Okay, I was gonna say, wait a minute. Yeah. No. Um, but you know, that's insane. Um, that's for another day. I know. I do think it's like interesting, like to think about the fact that like a lot of the shows that are made for celebrities like are made with the intention of like inducing some sort of like irony or like they are ironic almost like Britannica like phrased it as like affectionate mockery so like Mm -hmm. they're kind of like made to like have the viewer make fun of them which is like why would you as a celebrity like consciously make the choice to like subject yourself to a the kind of surveillance that comes with having a reality television show which Mm -hmm. I think is traumatizing in and of itself yeah and then b just like being okay with like you're just making yourself so vulnerable in a way that's like I'm like I'm letting somebody executive producer director whatever portray me in like the worst light possible it, like it, it's like they're making hate consumption like they know yes. people are gonna look at them and be like you're a dumb bitch but they're yeah. like I don't care because I'm gonna get rich off of it no literally just crazy to me it's I'm a very... dumb bitch for free yeah I'm a dumb bitch for free I should be getting like... paid um <laughs> dumb bitches <laughs> should get paid pay us it's labor title um, check <laughs> yeah so I kind of dove into like the anthropological view of this genre um, by reading this New York Times the New Yorker so sorry um article by Kalefa Sonic it's from 2011 but they basically dissected Margaret Mead this anthropologist's work on reality tv and she started she died in 78 so she was writing her like the book that she wrote about reality television was written about the un-american family show so like the first reality tv show and she made all these like crazy predictions for like where this media was gonna go and a lot of what she said is right 
which mm-hmm. is really interesting. But the article is called The Reality Principle, The Rise and Rise of the Television Genre. And Mead essentially predicted that like the, our fascination with like the unscripted quote unquote real people on screen and its solidification as a new art form would like rocket this shit to fame. Like that this is going to be something that's like going to be around for a while. It's not fading. This is like, like this is like a whole new thing and we have no idea where it's going to go. She basically compared it to like the next like novel, like as in terms of like it being like an art form that would really like grip the world. This author of the article does note that there's like a really distinct division of the consumers of reality television. Like people either love it or they like totally disdain it, which I thought was interesting Mm -hmm. as to like why that is. I didn't know if you had any thoughts like... I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on yeah. that? Like, why, like did, why do we think people hate it so much? And why do people love it? I don't know. Because going into this, I was like, I feel like I'm not like a fan of reality TV. <laughs> but I'm thinking about it like in such a small way. We're about like The Bachelor and like, yeah. I don't know, like some of those. But then I'm like, I grew up watching like Cake Boss and like loved cake boss really i like I yeah. don't, cooking there are some cooking shows that i'm like yes and then there are cooking I, shows that i'm like no see um, i was a food network and an hgtv girl so i would watch like the cooking competitions and stuff you just like, which, like came in- out of the womb with aesthetic and then it was like <laughs> hardwired into your brain like you just sat in front of a tv and it was like <laughs> we're drilling good taste into this bitch literally say period (laughs) but like when I think about reality tv as like also shows like that like I love chop I love like the great british bake-off those kind of ones and that's reality television yeah I don't so many I always think of it yeah I don't know I always think of it as like keeping up with the kardashians and stuff where I'm like I'm above that I love how we continually bring up the kardashians and we're like sour taste i don't like them i don't care about them i can't tell you who's who i don't i could tell you who's who i i I don't i don't care about them or like what they're doing um i think that falls into like the hate consumption thing yeah like i think a lot of people watch the kardashians and hate them which i think is really fucked up actually like i think it's so much more legit or interesting or honestly healthy like I mean unless you're obsessed with them but I'm like if you're actually like genuinely interested in this family or whatever yeah. fine but like I think it's really interesting and like I just like don't know what it says about mental health to like continue to indulge in media that makes you mad the yeah. kind of reality tv I watch doesn't make me mad like I love watching mm. dating shows because it just makes me like I'm like, oh, I just like shouldn't take myself too seriously because there are yeah. <laughs> people that go on reality TV instead of going to therapy. Like I'm doing great. Yeah. It's like an ego boost. I feel amazing. But in the, like, it's not necessarily hate consumption, consumption, but you're viewing it because I feel that way too, where I watch reality TV and I'm like, I'm above these people. You know? Yeah. No, it is a superiority thing. It's like an affection yeah. mockery. That's what it does. Yeah. It like exists to make the audience feel better. But like- yeah. At Even the though, time, like, they're rich. They're literally rich. Well, they're, yeah, they're Kardashians. I feel like yeah. 
with like Love Island contestants or whatever, I get like invested in their story. And I'm like, I want to see you. Like, I'm like, wow, we have nothing in common. And I would never fucking be friends with you in real life. Like in a million years, I probably wouldn't even like you. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Or like you, I would just be indifferent to you, but I'm so invested in like, it's like reading a book. You're like, well, yeah, you're in I it sh- for the when drama. you shit people together, you're just like, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Like, I'm so invested in the arc. Yeah. Um, but I feel thing, like, like yeah, yeah, we don't continue. Sorry. No, oh, no. it's just like all drama that yeah. you're there for. And like, you want to see people fail. You want to see people like, yeah. Fumble. I don't, but the thing is, like, I don't even want to see people fail. Like, I feel like when <laughs> I watch it, I'm like, I want to see people like, well, it's like the drama because it's entertaining but then I'm like it's also like I like season two Love Island we need to like watch this maybe you'll watch this because I actually can't tell you but like there are two couples from that season that are married one of them Mm -hmm. has children and they're so I don't know I also think Love Island is unique in some ways like I do Mm -hmm. think there are very deep distinctions between British reality TV and American reality TV mm-hmm. which we can talk about later at the end if you're interested yeah. I've read a lot about it <laughs> yeah I'm well it's also interesting because like you see these people as characters but like they are actual people and yes, yes. they may be acting a certain way mm-hmm. like to kind of quote like play a character yeah. for the show but then you're like oh I hate this like it's fine when you're watching you know a soap and you're yeah. like, oh, I hate that bitch. She does blah, blah, blah. But it's like, these are actual people that we're like villainizing. Which is really weird. And that's where it gets a little strange. And it also, I mean, also like people are villainized on screen. Like a lot of that is like editing. Like when people get the mm. villain edit, like True. sometimes, yeah, like someone might be a bitch, but they're not as bad or they like, there's more context mm. that the audience is missing. Yeah. Producers like, let's let's start yeah let's get watch let's get views like it's all about Mm -hmm. like the streaming numbers yeah but anyway turning turning back to our new yorker article here Mm -hmm. jennifer l posner um who's a journalist and activist conducted this experiment where she watched over a thousand hours of unscripted programming for aka reality tv and proceeded to write a book about her experience the book is titled Reality Bites Back, The Troubling Truth About Guilty Pleasure TV. And she talks about how, like, she found, like, parts of it, like, painful, aggravating, mind-numbing. But at the end of the day, she stated that reality TV shows have a tendency to blur together into a single orgy of joy and disappointment and recrimination. Mm-hmm. And I do think, I don't know, I, I something about that quote, like, I need to write it down because I was like, I do think, like, reality TV shows blend together like there's so many characters and they're all so sim- like they're different but they're also similar and it just like bleeds into this like massive mess of just like human emotion and we just like consume mm. it because we're obsessed with it yeah and I'm like oh <laughs> let's unpack <laughs> the orgy um, of joy the orgy of joy and I love that disappointment yeah wow and then this article also talks about like the social norms that are reinforced by shows like The Bachelor. So like the heteronormativity, like the fact that like mm. women are competing for a man and that they're mm-hmm. all of course like catty and obsessed with him, even yeah. though they like don't know him and actual women don't generally act like that. And then also like giving makeovers, like the what not to wear, like taking people that mm-hmm. have chosen or may or may not have chosen. I don't know. Like 
you know, shifting the external experience of someone and basing an entire reality TV show about that. And then like framing their success is when they look more palatable. Yeah. Or quote unquote visually pleasing by like Western beauty standards is like really fucked up because it uh, it doesn't celebrate difference at all. Mm. Um, But then we all watch it and we're like, oh my God, so glad she doesn't look frumpy anymore. Yeah. That's like really fucked. Like an eight-year-old me was like, yeah I was like she looks bad like <laughs> that's what it teaches you to do it's like horrible yeah, I know but yeah I don't know if you have any thoughts before you want to take up with your capitalist realism shit oh I can't I knew you were gonna, so I knew you were gonna bust Mark Fisher out and I was like yeah <laughs> as soon as I thought this I was like there's a page in capitalist there's a realism page. For this. there's a there's a Mark Fisher quote for this <laughs> yeah I mean the orgy of joy and disappointment thriving that's, that's what it is anyway um, shall i shall i get into mr fisher yes you shall my king okay so on page 52 of capitalist realism mark fisher he also talks about super nanny later which is also another show i watched yeah, along I with wife swap oh my god wife um, swap is sick wait, it was wait, insane wait, wait, but wait, i loved it <laughs> Jacob Max, if they're real and are listening to this, Cobb will know that like tweet that's like it, the wife swap and one of them is like super religious but like kind of fanatic y. And she's like, this, the daughter's doing witchcraft and like this is dork sided. And she's like, I've been preaching and praying this Dork sided. It's dork sided. Like, I her, that her pronunciation. I don't it's not an accent like it's straight up not an accent I'll have to ask them to show me (laughs) oh my god no I'll find it and send it it is guys anyone listening (laughs) look up like wife swap dork sided d-o-a-r-k dork sided and just watch (laughs) I definitely will laugh you you will probably crack from laughter it's so wait. funny she's like she like takes the garden gnome and like throws it it's so funny oh my god she's like accusing the daughter of witchcraft and shit it's fucking whack but the garden gnome <laughs> no the daughter oh. Like, oh yeah she's like they're satanic like it's crazy anyway continue anywho so in capitalist realism um daddy fisher daddy <laughs> so- fisher He's talking about Baudrillard um, and his, he talks about the symbolic versus the real. And there was a quote from the book that says, the abolition of the symbolic led not to a direct encounter with the real, but a kind of hemorrhaging of the real. So he talks about, yeah, like fly on the wall documentaries and opinion polls, like political opinion polls. Mm -hmm. And he was like, how we like believe these to represent reality but it's like unmediated and the fact that like the presence of the camera or the fact that the poll results will be publicized that'll influence your behavior oh 100 it's just like there's like no human influence yeah it's like it's like a lack of like a like they're meant to be kind of like a litmus test but it's never accurate Mm -hmm. because yeah you cannot like it doesn't occur in like saying it doesn't occur in a vacuum like isn't right but it's 
humans are so subconsciously hyper aware that we're always being watched and we honestly care so much about what other people think that Mm -hmm. those even if we don't realize that we're taking it into account we're taking it into account and it does change the way we act yeah yeah and like even nothing that you do that you think is like so purely real is no for the most part purely real like i'm getting into like the theoretical oh um, yeah we love reality tv because it's supposed to be like the most raw and it's not um, you know example it's just acting humanity and at the end of the day yeah it's not as real as it claims we think yeah um so he says reality will always be elusive at the very moment when it seemed that it was being grasped in the raw reality transformed into hyper reality so baudrillard like deals a lot with the hyper real and Mm -hmm. he talks about big brother in um, oh yeah i was reading which he comes that combines like the fly on the wall documentary idea with the poll result documentary mm-hmm. as two different levels of reality. So that's the unscripted behavior of and the unpredictability of the people that you're filming and the audience at home. And they affect the behavior of the people because they're taking part in it and voting, which also like puts you into this Lord of the Flies like really situation really where weird, you think yeah. you have a choice it's very strange yeah yeah I don't like I don't know I think like I don't mind I guess when it's like sometimes like it's like a plot but I don't know I feel like the interesting thing about Love Island is that like for the most part a lot of the people on the show get like really close because they spend so much time together so like nobody wants anyone to leave so like when they have to leave like everyone's like freaking out because they're yeah. like this is so hard like oh my god I feel so guilty whereas like on like survivor or whatever they're like get off the island like we hate you which is like I don't know it's just a different vibe (laughs) no it's like hitting people against each other in their most primal state and I'm like oh I I read this post by Abby Bargo it's like a blog but it's wash call whatever they talk about like British reality TV shows and the fact that things that make reality TV so interesting and entertaining is conflict, distress, jeopardy, and the unexpected. And mm. none of these things are like good for your mental health at no. all. So no. the four participants are like, I mean, think about it. They're like on an island, usually don't have like phones. They're not connected to anyone outside. No. They're like purely in this bubble. Horrible. And they talked about like the Love Island contestants that have committed. Oh my god! Yeah, we could a hundred percent. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think in the wake of that, there is like a bigger movement to like give reality stars aftercare, yes. which I think is interesting. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't think about that, but no, like yeah. there were two stars, one from season two, and well, her her name oh my god I forget what her last name was her first name is Sophie and she was like a like a lot of people like loved her and then they like really didn't yeah. like her she was bisexual yeah she was part of the Eight. first same-sex couple on Love Island which was great oh. um but then it like ended messily it was for lots of reasons but anyway there was like a ton of drama around her she was kind of controversial but obviously mm-hmm. she from Newcastle UK and she died under very like it is 
it is still debated like she definitely she had like a lot of depression and anxiety and like mm-hmm. she was very public I mean there's a lot of drama publicly with her and the partner that she was with on the show and whatever but in terms of like mental health like she was like I would never recommend going on reality tv like it destroyed me like I yeah have never been so anxious and fucked up in my entire life yeah. it's like I think there are people who like don't think she like they think she might have like accidentally like overdosed or something but her death is like widely regarded as a suicide um yeah and there was a guy from season three who killed himself um mm-hmm. his name is mike muggy mike yeah and then the host of the show for a long time carolyn carlin flack she committed suicide she also had there was like something really she had like there's some there's some scandal around it and mm-hmm. I don't know it, it's, it's heartbreaking obviously like yeah. I don't think anyone regardless of public opinion like should ever but I I do think there is like a more like a bigger push especially around Love Island in particular because like it's so long like Love Island mm-hmm. is like 60 days like two months and mm. you have no contact with the outside world, like none. You don't know what people are saying about you on Twitter, on anything. That's like insane. Yeah, like, and like everyone's watching you. Yeah, all the it's time. like putting people in a fishbowl, and we're yes, all like, it's a petri dish. look at them go." It's a social I, experiment. It's literally a it social is. experiment. Well, that's um, like how every new Netflix reality show is like. They yeah. call it the experiment or the experience. Or they the don't refer to it or, as like, yeah, yeah like. They can't say like this show. They're like this experience taught me or this experiment. Yeah. And, like, also, the way that people talk about reality TV, like when they're on it, they're always like, "It's so it's scripted. it's it's like they like talk about it like it's like self help almost. It's really weird. Yeah. It's like culty. I don't. I was listening to this podcast yeah. a little. It's called Sounds Like a Cult. It's really interesting. I w- would like to listen to it more. But they did an episode on The Bachelor. And they talked about, like, the cult following of The Bachelor as a show, but then also, like, is The Bachelor, like, like being on The Bachelor, is that, like, being part of a cult? And they actually had a girl who had been on The Bachelor that they knew on the show to talk about it. It was really interesting. I would recommend it to anyone um, that's interested in that or watches The Bachelor. And she talked about like the rules that they had to follow around like like they never eat on camera like the food that you see yeah. is like they're not supposed to eat it they like you go on the dates and you don't eat you eat before um because like no one wants to watch a woman well, eat no. god forbid well, that's the thing like american reality tv so actually can i talk about this all the time you don't see bad. them eat but we watched i think it was a korean netflix reality oh yeah it was like love show. inferno or something yes and they like a whole part of it is that they all like cook and eat together. Yeah, which is so cute. Like, and I was like, sweet. okay, and they're like in the American ones, they've got their like special glasses that they're yeah. drinking cocktails out of and just getting drunk and like. Yeah, well, this is like around. why I love, and I read an article on this. Like, it was like, why is like UK Love Island better than US Love Island, and why is like UK mm-hmm. reality TV just like better than US? And a lot of it has to do with, like, laws around, like, not sense. it is, they are, like, censorship laws, but, like, the UK reality TV is so much trashier. And it's because mm. there are less rules around, like, 
sex on screen and like language and whatever and also like I don't know I feel like one of the reasons why I like Love Island like don't get me wrong love like too hot to handle and all that I love (laughs) like an international show Mm -hmm. like when girlies are like coming I'm like how are you gonna make that work yeah but I love Love Island because like yes these people well no disrespect to like British beefcakes that's just like not really my thing like I just like don't really I don't really like like super masculine men like mm-hmm. so that's just like whatever it's not me but like the it's not women for me. it's it's not for me it's not my cup not of tea. for me the women like they're pretty like don't get me wrong but they're also like very they're like re- I don't know it's like they're pretty Real. old, but they're like realistic and like yeah you see them like you see the people on, on Love Island with like no makeup on like chain smoking cigarettes like being like yeah. disgusting like yeah it's like very skin. Like, you know how like skins they're is, just like, very, like, like me. Grimy? Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Like you're like a hot like party girl that like went out and like got wasted and looks like shit. Like vibes. Yeah. Wow. Me too. Um, me too. There is like a certain, I don't know, like there it's just so much more like th- there is a certain level of like realness and then also like tra- it's not yeah. polished in this yeah. same way. Yeah. And not to say that the producers producers don't interfere in terms of like emotional drama or anything Mm -hmm. like that I'm not saying that at all yeah but in terms of like the way it portrays like people being like quote-unquote like perfect people like American reality tv shows like you never see them eat like they always look so good like it's just yeah it's like in in a bubble it's in yeah it's less real than if like there were tiers of reality television like the UK would be more real yeah I'm like (laughs) yeah the mental toll of being constantly surveilled is terrifying to me horrific yeah I would not do well the vibes would continue to deteriorate no matter how amazing of an island I was on to be to be absolutely they put them in this beautiful like beautiful island but like they're actually being annihilated yeah like literally you're being mentally annihilated (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's terrorism. Anyway, continue. Yeah. And then I read this one other paper that it's from the International Journal of Communication. Um, But it's by Aiden James Kosietsa. I don't know. Kosietsa. 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 But it's it's called It's Do or Die cultural labor, competitive reality TV, and the reproduction of neoliberal capitalism. I did read about the neolib capitalist reality TV. It was interesting, for sure. And this, yeah, it was really interesting. And this one focuses mostly on this 2020 show, Making the Cut, Hmm. which is like a fashion type of competition show where whoever wins they create a clothing line for amazon disgusting so you know big big brand deal here so this talks like specifically about the impact of reality competition shows on like cultural workers or even just like artists in Mm -hmm. their field and what it means to succeed in the creative industry which was really cool so um a quote from it is The distinctive genre of creative competition reality television reproduces capitalist hegemony by naturalizing neoliberal values, the myth of meritocracy, and 
the precarity of cultural labor. So he kind of goes in and talks about how the structure of these shows, there's like a winner takes all, you know, Mm -hmm. you're fighting against other people in your field. Yeah, for this large prize. There's no union. No. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, this is how you make it big. Yeah. In this It's not like let's take down the man it's like let's take down each other and like claw our way up to the top so we can like sit next to the man and be his lapdog yeah no so we can make something for amazon.com like they're doing just fine without you babe i just find that like funny because like yeah it's probably like there's a lot of like monetary profit from that but like people don't go to amazon for like brand name stuff like I don't know I feel like people who are like really intensely invested in like fashion are not buying clothes on Amazon yeah like they're into like thrifting or like more like signature pieces like they're less interested in like mass-produced goods yeah Um, it it is like when I was reading this I I had never heard of the show and I was like Amazon like they're competing to sell on Amazon but I guess that's such like a high high roller like high roller deal yeah. where everyone's gonna it just see has it clout I feel like I know like, in the very industry. strange I don't know it's very interesting to me yeah and then it talks about how like the fact that making the cut is connected to Amazon like it kind of Fun, diminishes yeah. their like creativity and design um, oh yeah because it's they're limiting. working like to design for the market of amazon who's already doing very well and like they're just yeah. getting free labor at the end like these people are literally fighting clawing their way like to the top to work literally or like, it's like you're working either way but you're fighting to get paid and like yeah and that's gonna, which is fucked up that's but the like company any... still benefits from you literally it's like any makeup competition show, like where they yep. do the, the crazy makeup, or like any fashion show where they're competing to like have this brand deal with like Jeffrey Star. And it's like Jeffrey Star. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, we'll give you this. It's like try really hard, do all this work for us, and then maybe you'll get a cookie. Literally. <laughs> but like we're gonna get your the benefits of your work either way. Don't worry. <laughs> No, like, exactly. And like it's tough because just being on the show, you do get the exposure. Oh yeah. Where you could get deals or and you probably will from get that. deals from just like the it's like America's the top model. Like there are a yeah. lot of people who are successful off of that that didn't win. Yeah. But they the exposure that they got from that alone helped them. Yeah. And then it also talks about like the privilege you need to get on these shows, which is kind of like when I was talking mm-hmm. about like the influencers who are already like they mildly get influential yeah. and get picked. They're it's like, not oh, just like, like they're not going to pick me, you know? And know how to pose in a bikini. Yeah. Therefore, you can come on too hot to handle. Yeah. So it like, does, I don't know. It's, it's so scripted and it's so like contractually that yeah it's really weird yeah fashion real reality tv shows are always really interesting to me did you ever watch um yeah. project runway not really i no. love project runway i feel like that's a little bit of a better reality tv show like kind of yeah kind of clune but they're like very it's meant to be like avant-garde like i i do think mm-hmm. that's a show that like pushes people to be as create like do their own 
creative thing like I because it's like high fashion and like high fashion yeah. is like fucking weird it can be crazy. anything <laughs> you mean anything so they're designing like yeah. this like avant-garde like handmade shit like yeah. nothing's mass produced what's your little, and then I added a yeah, little, little picture they were in the article but I really love the one on the left here that's um it's two guys talking to each other and it says this is an unpaid gig, but it'll be great exposure for you. And the other one says, oh, that's perfect. My rent is actually 800 exposures, Literally. which is like any time you're an artist and they're like, this is a great experience. Like you're going to work your ass off and not get paid, but like great for exposure. Yeah. It's, and it's like, just cool. Like, I have you. no money. Like I have bills. I have bills. Yeah. I live in this world. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is such a feature of, especially I feel like Instagram like influencer Instagram age like the exposure mm-hmm. yeah. like that, I feel like that wasn't as much of a thing before the internet like like and maybe mm-hmm. it was in a little bit of a way but like I don't know I feel like be- the field of competition is like narrow and it's like less globalized like in some ways I feel like mm-hmm. the world has shrunk but in a lot of mm-hmm. ways I feel like the world has just made a certain group of or the internet has just made like a certain group of people on earth very highly exposed and then other people like more obscure mm. um if that makes any sense like I don't I don't know if I'm doing a great job describing that yeah but no I get it and just having the opportunity to be exposed like yeah provides you with all those opportunities it's like, it's like yeah it's and fucked. it's like there are people who would do just as well but they don't get the exposure for like one reason or yeah another. For, like, lottery reasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's wrong. It's really fucked up. Yeah. Do we want to talk about mental health? I mean, we kind of already touched upon it, but... Mm, Yeah. Like, as the viewer, or...? I don't know. Both, I guess. Like, I don't know. We did talk about how reality TV makes us feel, but... Mm. I don't know. I guess, like, earlier when we were talking about the Kardashian, I always think, like, I don't care about them or like what they're doing and like Mm -hmm. I definitely think they're like extremely motivated um by capital gain um and Mm -hmm. status and they have this like the chokehold that they have like on like they've reached a point of like being such an iconic family that they can like withstand any scandal it's insane yeah it's crazy you can literally have like fucking Kylie like being like a baby mama for like um what's his fucking travis scott is it travis scott with the astroworld so. thing yeah travis scott. and like have that horrible thing happen and it's like crickets like you know, yeah like it's that's crazy it's like she's still rich she's still a billionaire the girlies still love her the girlies still love her and then like also i don't know the whole like plastic surgery thing i obviously think is like a big deal because i think it sets the tone for like I know I was listening to a really interesting podcast about like beauty standards throughout the ages and the woman who they had on is like a a beauty historian it sounded like really interesting and she talks about well the thing about beauty standards is they're always unattainable so they always Mm -hmm. change and fluctuate so like if you go back through history you will have you know things that are popular now or were popular 10 years ago have already had a time hundreds of years ago that they were so like yeah she talks about like thin eyebrows or like thick eyebrows and Mm -hmm. like that's always changing like the thin or the thick or the tailored or 
whatever. And the thing is, is like right when you get to the point where like a lot of people are wearing it one way, it changes so that everybody, so they're not meant to be attainable. And it's like when all the Kardashians like get BBLs and then like start taking Mm -hmm. them out. So it's like, oh, your BBL like sucks. Like now you have a thick ass, but thick asses aren't in anymore. So like low rise jeans are back. And it's just like, oh my God. Uh, I went to Boston Med and got my BBL and now uh, the Kardashians are having them take it out. out. Like, fuck. It's just like, yeah. I don't know. I also think that like, I'm somebody official, like at least Julia's stance, like on plastic surgery. Like, I don't think you should be shamed for it ever. Do I, I think you should never get breast implants because they ha- actually pose like serious health risks to you that doctors don't tell you about and yeah. make like life like extremely painful um and if you want to learn more about that you can listen to probably canceled podcasts episode on breast implant illness it's fucking insane um also stop giving money to the big boob industry because small boobs are cute just small boobs keep are cute them. and valid yeah period i think that all boobs are valid but like I don't, and same with BBLs, it's like, they're, they're, that's not necessarily healthy for you. Like, the chances are, is the way that your body, I don't know. And I hesitate to even say this because, like, as long as, like, your body is, like feels good and, like, works for you and, like, you know, if you have serious health stuff, you're, like, tending to it accordingly. Like, it's like, if you have to do insane shit to look a certain way, like, chances are, like, you're just not meant to look that way. It's okay. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Like you be don't. who you, you are. are yeah you are <laughs> yeah you just like don't need to look that way like it's okay and it's kind of crazy that we've reached a point in society where we literally go under the knife yeah to be pretty pay thousands and pay thousands of fucking dollars i'm just like what yeah. i'm like but that makes you feel good i don't know i'm like just unpack like be self-aware and be critical about why you're making the decisions you're making in regards to plastic surgery and frankly i just feel bad for the kardashians because i don't think anyone can possibly be fucking happy living under that level of scrutiny all the time and like constantly like being they're either like they're just like constantly being like picked apart and like they like yeah they like let it happen like they want that and I'm just like sometimes any publicity isn't good publicity like I'm like what about your mental health though (laughs) you think they have a therapist I don't fucking know I don't want to I'm like you either I would have to be like heavily medicated I I, like I wouldn't I don't think I would be alive if I was one of them. Like, I'm going to be real with you. Like, I, I couldn't handle it. I could not handle it. You'll never catch me on reality TV. You will never. Sorry, so many contestants are like, yeah, so many contestants on like, are you the one? And like, they, they are all like, I'm, I'm, they just say stuff and they're like, yeah, I really need you to do this and that. And they always like realize that they're like avoidant or like anxious or like have trauma. And I'm like, you literally could have gone to therapy. Why did you think reality TV was going to solve your problems? Like, it's, I, those are not like, the same thing. Yeah. I like how current reality TV, like, they put in elements of therapy where they're like, yes, like on Too Hot to Handle, where they bring in, and they like, bring in like, the, yeah, for that two like, hours. also makes me feel really uncomfortable because I'm like, 
there's like a de- like a definite levels of cultural appropriation happening oh, there. Absolutely. Like it's like really uncomfortable. They um, go to this like one hour training where they like sit on each other and don't fuck, and they're like, "Wow, I had many epiphanies." And it's like, and "Girl, just like, you should get a therapist." I'm like, Jesus Christ! Imagine like, what that can do. I mean, I also think like those people in general, like I don't know, to watch handle people in general, just like so ridiculous. Though I'm like, I don't like. I consider myself a highly sexual person on them. Like, I think we can both agree, but like, yeah. I have the self-control to be like, no. If like, I was on an island for three weeks. I just can't imagine like meeting someone and needing to fuck them so bad when there was like millions of dollars. On a $100,000 prize pot for I'm everyone. like, like damn that's called being selfish literally i'm like was the orgasm worth it like i will absolutely not like i just don't get it especially when they just kiss too i'm like damn like why didn't you just wait it's like it's all for the show like if they if they had like people like us on there it wouldn't wouldn't be be funny no i love they're all just like stupid and hot and horny it's so funny like Like, i just love it again the like the superiority that comes from watching them and being like i would i would never be so i would never i would even if i was on an island no contact with anyone from the outside world. yeah honestly maybe it's like a sign of a mental break like i might do some crazy shit too and if i had no fucking contact i would yeah who am i to talk i've never i guess i couldn't (laughs) say yeah although i guess i feel like with love like if you compare like love island to too hot to handle. Too hot to handle comes out all at once and is filmed way ahead, ahead in advance. So like you're not mm-hmm. receiving the publicity. Whereas like as Love Island's yeah. going on, it's airing live and people are talking about you. That's like so as cool. you're in the villa, you don't know, and you don't know. So people are like live reacting, which I think is like really fucked up. And also like Love Island does have like polling, like people vote mm. in it, which is different, but yeah so many thoughts i think reality tv can be great but i think you have to be a mindful consumer and i don't think that you should give streaming numbers to things that you don't like because then programs are just going to make more of what you don't like and then Mm -hmm. you're going to get mad i'm like what if we just I'm like, what if all you girlies that are so eager to hear like what Red Scare has to say just like didn't fucking listen to Red Scare and they weren't as popular? Abolish Red Scare. <laughs> Fuck Red Scare. Literally. This is a Red Scare hate podcast. It is. It's a Red Scare hate pod. Like I have never not listened to, to it. it. I'm not afraid to say it. I have never I listened have. to it and I never fucking what will a man made you listen to it. And that's yeah, never let a man convince you to listen if to it. If a man <laughs> disgusting jail 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 jail, jail, absolute jail i was in a horrible situation (laughs) that is like a hostage situation i was like maybe these girlies are right and then i was like no wait (laughs) no they're not they're literally their brains are broken their brains are broken they're on like hungry they're all they're they're literally like oh my god i have an eating disorder how cute i'm like also let me talk about like like what fuck them I hate oh yeah them. <laughs> no they're horrible I saw someone like 
someone that I know posts like a picture from like Dasha what's her face is like Instagram like on their story and I almost messaged the person I was like please do not support the red scare or like what's her face because they're so deeply problematic no like they're literally like pieces of shit and I like don't say that lightly about people Mm -hmm. but it's like when you have a platform and you're reaching millions of young impressionable people I'm like, I don't care that you're saying that capitalism is bad. You're also saying that like capitalism like will never end and we might as well just like do whatever we want because like fuck everything. And then you're also like, it's good to be skinny and like you like body shame people and like are not, it's disgusting. I'm like, I don't care that you're a Wellbutrin success story. Keep it to your fucking self. I don't go around saying I'm a Citalopram success story. Like, so lots of success. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it's so annoying. I know. Fuck them. <sighs> anyway, listen to us instead. Listen to us instead. We're the hotter um, red scare. We're literally like hotter, better, literally just all smarter. around more amazing. Yeah, yeah, smarter, probably more mentally healthy. Oh, absolutely. As, as somebody who has been through eating disorder recovery, definitely <laughs> more mentally healthy now than I was back then. Like, can can confirm. And I guess on that note, <laughs> not, not much else to say. There's not much else to say. Thanks for listening. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for bearing with us. We like, you know, we don't get paid for this. So uh, last week there was just, and we work (laughs) and we work we both work like full-time more than full-time like and we love doing this um and love you know people that listen and you know tell us they love listening it's like really fun but you know we're not always going to be perfectly on time and you know what I think we should normalize that I was thinking about how like Olivia and Melissa like just like mm. really say more like every once in a while like don't give a fuck and I'm like they're literally yeah. doing that and they're amazing so why yeah. am I like holding myself to this ridiculous standard like True. if I'm emotionally unwell it's not happening it can wait and <laughs> it it'll literally be can wait and it will be better like because I won't yeah. want to like throw up while I'm recording like <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um like I said Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. at Extra Dirty Pod and send us a little cheeky email. Maybe DM us, share with your friends. What's your yeah. favorite reality TV show? What's your, fav- blah, 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 blah. What's your favorite reality TV show? And if you have any recommendations, mm-hmm. I would be genuinely interested to hear. I- I've been on a hiatus from reality TV because I watched so much of it last summer and fall. I was mm-hmm. like, I need a break. I also have less time on my hands. So that's, that also happened. But if you have any suggestions, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would of course be open to hearing them. Send a DM. Send a little DM. And with that, I think we're going to, we're going to clock out. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. You fascinate me, you devastate me, because my dearie, you irritate me so, you irritate me so.